Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ken Fallon and today we will be talking about squid proxy for local use. Now first of all, what is squid? It's a free open source proxy server. And what's a proxy server? Well that is nothing more than a server that uh, clients and an internal network will go through to have their request forwarded out onto the internet. And the reason you might want to do that is in a corporate IT environment you typically will block access to the internet so that worms and viruses and all that sort of good stuff can't get out. If a PC is infected they can't get straight out to the internet. So they go through a proxy server that may or may not require a username and password to get out. And then on the proxy server dangerous URLs can be blocked or while it more than off, more than likely has been used for in the past is to monitor employee access so that they're not wasting time on the internet. That of course is illegal in some countries, specifically Germany, so you want to check the licensing laws in your country when applying a proxy server. However, that is not why I would use a proxy or why what spawned me to install a proxy in the first place. There's really uh, two reasons. First of all is getting around, uh, getting a secure connection to the internet when you're at a hostile location and the other one is getting around URL obfuscation or hiding of URLs. So let's talk about the first one first. So say for example you're, you've got a laptop and you're at an internet cafe and you want to securely check your email or you want to do some banking. Now they, there's no idea who you, you have no idea who's listening on that connection. So what you would typically do, excuse me, what you would typically do is you would set up a proxy server on your home server. You would set up a secure shell tunnel into that server, and then you would redirect your browser to use your local host, uh, your local host, and you would forward that port over the SSH tunnel into your browser into your server at home. There's been a few episodes on that, but a, um, a few podcasts on that. I don't think there's been any on the HPR network, but I'll give you uh, all, all that you need to do. First of all, you need to install it, and that is um, apt-get install squid. So then you would um, create, you, you would once you've done that, you've got a squid proxy listening on the default port of 3128. And I think by default, in most distributions, it allows the local host to connect out specifically for this reason, but it won't let anything else. So then you drop to a shell and you would type ssh space minus capital L space 3128 colon localhost colon 3128 and then username, at server, and whatever other options that you have. And what that will do is it'll open an SSH shell to your home server, and it will say anything coming in on port 13128 on this piece, my laptop PC in the hostile environment, you encrypt all the traffic, and you pump it out the other side of the tunnel, and you dump it up to the local, local port of 3128 on your server. So then you open up a browser, and you go into um, you go into your browser settings and you set the proxy server to be localhost and the port to be 3128 and in Firefox you'll set all the use this for all the other ports. There's a nice little add-on uh, called Quick Proxy I think for Firefox that will allow you to quickly turn on 
and turn off the proxy server. Okay, so um, that's handy. You could also use that theoretically if your company blocks uh, blocks access to the internet but they do allow SSH out. I would strongly advise you not doing that because um, the traffic on an SSH tunnel can be um, can be uh, examined for with deep packet analysis and also it's kind of unprofessional so I would recommend do your work at home unless if your company has specific exemptions that allow you to do that do your work at home otherwise uh, you know just just don't do it there's no point putting your job at risk now the other reason the real reason that I installed this was to get round URL obfuscation it's a word that I don't like so we're referring that to that as URL hiding so what they try to do is to try to make it very difficult for you to work out what the links are on the page so they kind of do that two ways first of all they'll use a whole go of tricks so if you go to www.pc-help.org you'll forward slash obscure.htm you'll get a list of tricks um, but it's also very common now to use JavaScript to do that. So they'll have several include files and some functions, and they'll generate the URL based on different parts of the, in different locations of the file, and then they'll put it all together. And they're also quite common to use um, th things like timed URLs, where the URLs only remain valid for a certain period of time. And the logic is that by the time you figured out um, by the time you figured out what the URL is, the URL is no longer valid. So, um, all that doesn't ma uh, matter amount of hill beans because if you um, pipe, you redirect your browser to uh, use a local host and um, either on a remote machine or use the use the Squid proxy, either on a local machine or on a remote machine, you can just tail the Squid logs and your browser will have done all the hard work for you and it'll simply give you a list of um, get commands or post or whatever uh, typically get commands with the URLs all reconstructed for you and you can copy and use copy them and use wget to get whatever you want now why would somebody be bothered to do that first of all most common one reason is to prevent the loss of their intellectual property and the other reason I have seen is to do restrictions on streaming servers. So let's deal with the first one first. An example of that would be a site called, like, called markedplatz.nl, which is uh, the, a Dutch version of eBay. They're actually owned by eBay, but they were bought over. And what they do is they put a... Um, for some reason, they don't want you to take... Uh, uh, well, they don't want people to create databases of uh, stuff on Markplatz. So what they do is they hide the URLs and they put a transparent uh, GIF file over, over all the images. So, um, so if you're looking to create a scraper or something that would go out and you know, check, f check the website for you know, new deals or whatever. So they have it so that they, if you right click on the image it, uh, they have a transparent GIF over the image of, say, you know, somebody selling a, a, a telephone or whatever. They have a transparent GIF over the image itself, and when you right-click on that and go File Save As, you get the transparent GIF because that's over it. Um, 
you can, it's also in use on YouTube, but for a different reason. And that is that YouTube uses a nice trick where they have all the graphics on uh, the page are sent down as one single image. So the YouTube logo, the, the up arrow, down arrow keys, the stars, all the stuff that you see on a typical YouTube page is generated and sent down as one image. And then they use CSS to show certain parts of that image uh, on the web page. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, to get on to the other reason why they would use uh, stream, uh, they would use hide the URLs is uh, for streaming servers. So you have regional licenses in place um, where TV traditionally has been broken up onto regions. And for example, if you want the latest episode of Desperate Housewives, for instance, uh, the Republic of Ireland would have a different deal done than with the um, the island of England, and uh, they would have a different deal done with the Netherlands. So they would release it at different times and they charge different amounts depending on on where you are and where you live and your market segment, blah, 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 blah. However, that doesn't hold up any water in this IE internet age where people can connect into machines and um, where people can connect from anywhere in the world to your streaming service. So to get around that, they use a service uh, called GOIP, and that's at www.maxmind.com and if you go to slash app for slash support you'll see that they actually provide free and I don't know what the license is I don't think it's GPL but they provide modules for uh, let me have a look here um, various different uh, various different programming languages they provide a module for Apache they provide a C library, Java, class, Pascal, Perl module, PHP module, Python, and Ruby. Uh, they also provide Windows APIs, uh, uh, and various different things. And they also supply the GOIP country database in various different formats, CVS, MySQL, Oracle, and that sort of thing. And they allow you to use the uh, country data for free. The one catch is that you need to automate the downloading of it yourself and they don't provide city or regional level or, or company name level, which they do do for, um, you know, if you sign up to the service. But uh, this is used by a lot of um, TV streaming people to block access to, um, to the playlists for the streaming servers. Interesting side note is that Quite often the streaming servers themselves are proprietary blobs and they don't support GOIP and to put in firewall rules on firewalls or whatever slows down the streaming servers so quite often if you get the URL somehow, for example having a proxy server hypothetically in your brother's house and you can use uh, the squid proxy over there to get the real audio uh, SMIL file and you can look in that to get their, what the real audio stream actually is and hypothetically purely for research and reference purposes you opened up mPlayer from say another country for example the Netherlands uh, you could hypothetically stream directly from the uh, hypothetical servers that might hypothetically be in rte.ie however that of course would probably be illegal. Um, 
well, immoral. Anyway, to install um, to install Squid, we, we did aptitude install Squid, and here's a quick technical tip for working with config files. Now, the Squid config file is uh, very much like the um, traditional uh, Unix or Linux uh, config file in that it's got a lot of comments in it, and it explains it. The config file itself is self-documenting in that the doc the documentation and all the values are in the config file and the documentation is typically uh, commented out with the octtorp hash character and a quick tip that uh, I've used here is how to filter out the common files and filter out the blank line files so that if you know the configuration of a, of a config file rather than it being 16 pages long you can cut it down to just the meat and potatoes of it and get the bare essence of all the commands that are actually being run. So for the squid config file which is kept on etc squid uh, squid.conf what you would do is you would run the command grep space minus v and the v says uh, rather than displaying all the files that you found it says don't display these files that are list uh, don't display the lines that correspond to the this search entry, excuse me. <clears throat> so we have grep space minus v, double quotes, and we have the shark character, which is the circumflex accent, and it's typically over the six in the US keyboard. I'll include a link to that. Some people have referred to it as a Chinese hat before. Then you have the octothorpe character, and what that is is the tic-tac-toe, what incorrectly is called the pound sign and the double quotes space forward slash etc forward slash squid forward slash squid dot conf and then pipe that into grep space min v space double quotes the chinese hat again and the dollar sign and the double quotes and what that does the first one says look for any hash marks that are at the beginning of the line and the second one says look for any beginning of the line and the end of the line where there's no space between them, essentially a carriage return line, and don't show those. So essentially then you get a nice list of just the comments in the file. So I'll include links in the show notes to that. And what's actually, if anyone is looking for a idea to do um, a Hacker Public Radio episode, David, and doesn't want to do a LPI certification module, although I don't know why, because all the documentation is there, all you have to do is do it. Um, then a topic on regular expressions would be very cool because while the syntax changes more or less a uh, little bit between Perl and different websites and Bash and whatever, uh, sorry, between Perl and Bash and, to, and the syntax changes between programs, um, the ideas more or less remain the same. Okay. The important config changes that you need to make in that file are uh, ACL localhost source 172.0.0.1 forward slash 32. More than likely that will be allowed. And to allow access from the localhost, you need to have the line HTTP underscore access allow space localhost also uncommented. Now, if you want to uh, have a proxy server on serving the machines on your local network and you're using private net networking, private subnets, you also need to have the lines ACL local net space source space 
and then you have 310.0.0.04/8, whichever one of those you're using on Comet, probably already is. Then you need to scroll down to the a uh, li little bit further in your file and look for another line which says HTTP underscore access space allow space local net. And once you do that, save that file. You can restart squid by calling etc forward slash in a d forward slash squid space restart. And then you will be able to um, proxy out uh, from the internal network. Now, one good thing about squid is <clears throat> if for some reason you're not allowed out, you will still see a squid error message coming up in your browser. So you'll know that that part is working. If you don't see anything, then your tunnel isn't is probably not working correctly, or you can't communicate with your proxy server. So um, that's a good uh, good way to know where the error lies. If you don't see anything, it's a tunnel issue communication with the proxy server. If you see error on the proxy server, you know it's uh, it's a permissions issue on the proxy server. Another thing that you can do is go to whatismyip.com or ipchicken.com or moanmyip.com and you will be able to see that your IP address has changed to the IP address of the, your machine at home. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, well, that's been another episode of Hacker Public Radio. It's actually the fourth time that I've recorded it. I tried to record it this morning on the train plot, on the way into work on my bicycle and on the train, following advice from Dave Yates, and that did not work out at all. Okay, um, hope you found something interesting on that. I am available as always. Um, the email address ken.fallon at gmail.com. Uh, you can also see comments on um, hackerpublicradio.org for this episode, or it should also be available on my blog kenfallon.com. Feel free to send me your comments and suggestions. And that's all I have to say for now, and I wish you all a very good day. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs. Thank you.